Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Anime Lounge Podcast. I'm your host, Lance, here with my other co-host, Matt. Uh, we like to open up every episode with our adult beverages of choice. Today, I am drinking a Glenmorangie Age 12 Highland Single Malt Scotch Whiskey. This is a sherry cask finish style, and I'm chasing that with a Spotted Cow New Glarus style. What about you, Matt? As our listeners from our previous episodes... I am drinking the same thing, which is the Journeyman's Distillery Corsets, Whips, and Whiskey, uh, local Michigan distilled whiskey. It's super good. Oh, yeah. That was good stuff. And then I'm chasing that down with a Spotted Cow as well. My favorite. So can't stop uh, with that one. No, definitely can't. This is always, it's in all of our fridges. This is what we drink on the on the reg. Uh, before we continue, Matt, you want to give us a synopsis for today's episode? All right. So today we are going to be covering season two of Rising of the Shield Hero. It's 12 episodes. And then the 13th episode, kind of call that an OVA-ish. Like non-official OVA? Yeah, not official. Because it was essentially just a a wrap-up of the season mm-hmm. with some like side story-esque things going on. Right. During these 12 episodes, we kind of get two pseudo arcs going on. We have the Spirit Tortoise arc, which is the Naofumi and group fighting along with this spirit tortoise which is essentially the world's peacekeeper keeping away the waves and then after that you have this new world arc happening which is basically the villain from the first half of this season jumps to his home world and now for me and group follow along it is the world where lark glass and oh man the gem vassal i'm, I'm trying to blank on what her name is oh. Therese. Therese. Yes, Therese. Where where they came from or originated from. You follow, or Naofumi and group follow them into that world, similar to the world in which Naofumi got summoned into with some slight differences. You have some different uh, hero weapons and you follow along with Naofumi basically trying to stop the villain from the first half of the season. And that's really that happens in the second half without giving everything away. (laughs) Pretty much, yeah. But before before we get started, Lance, you want to give us that Lance's Lessons? Today's Lance's Lessons is going to be the Japanese word for tortoise, and that is kami. That is spelled K-A-M-E, and that is very fitting for today because the first half of season two, we follow the fight with the spirit tortoise. And... Real quick, tortoise and turtle are the same thing in Japanese, so you can also say turtle is also kami. And don't get too confused with kami, which is god. One thing that I want to kind of start doing on the beginning of all of our episodes is just kind of, not really rank, but just give an overall view of whatever show we're covering. So Lance, since this is season two, would you recommend watching, like continuing season two from off of season one? Uh, As of today's date, before there's been an official release date for season three, Mm -hmm. right now, no, I cannot recommend (laughs) this. Okay. I was so insanely disappointed with this entire season. Okay. Uh, on just on face, I mean, it was nice to see everything. Yep. Just being an anime fan. Yep. But ultimately, this was the it was coming off such a, a high on season one. Coming to this season, I was very let down on many things. Okay. What about you? Yes, 
only because of the basically development you get in some of our characters, especially Raftalia. Yeah, especially. I, I would say Raftalia is probably the biggest takeaway from this entire season. And yep. you can only really say that on the second half of season two. Yes. Um, let's see. Because I'm... Ch- it was, what, five episodes for the Spirit Tortoise? It was about six and six. Because I think okay. at the end of episode six is when they jumped through the portal. Okay. And got separated into the other world. Okay. Yeah, about halfway through. I didn't mind the Spirit Tortoise arc. It was essentially just a build towards greater events. We find out that there's the Phoenix Spirit. At the end of episode 12. At the end of episode 12, yep. Mm-hmm. So it kind of leads me to being like, all right, so the Spirit Tortoise is this badass, and it's essentially like the first boss of an RPG where it's, yes, it's strong, but it's not ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And now the next boss is an, is a fucking Phoenix like right you can only imagine i mean at the same time they did have a very hard time with this tortoise yeah they brought in all these armies they brought in godly powers they used the biggest explosions they can handle yep we didn't get the help of the other cardinal heroes which might have proved to be a difference yeah that i mean that kind of shows the significance of the four cardinal heroes Mm -hmm. because yes they're meant to fight waves but essentially a spirit animal is a wave Mm -hmm. especially with how powerful it's supposed to be i mean this tortoise was shooting off these fucking laser beams and these laser sparks that were bombs themselves yeah yeah it was pretty crazy i really liked that that was a thing like it wasn't just stomping damage it was yep radial and long distance attacks yeah the fight was really good like yes the development in the first half of the season wasn't great the the fight scenes in the Spirit Tortoise section were very good, I yeah, thought. Yeah, th- those were better. I just feel overall, mm-hmm. the first half of Season 2, the whole Spirit Tortoise arc, yep. was just put on fast forward. That needed more time to flush out characters, more time to be dramatic, yep. and more time to just pull us in because everything that was happening was just like, oh, okay, so here's a problem, and like something in the background, like, oh, I just so happen to have the solution, and then something <laughs> else happens, like, oh, I just so happen to have the solution. Yep. I, I didn't feel invested in like any actual scene in the first half of this season. I can get that. It's also a disappointment because, especially in the beginning, it felt rushed especially compared to season one where season one was yes 24 episodes but the first episode was an hour long so oh yeah i forgot about that i would consider that 25 episodes in in a sense it just felt really rushed in the beginning i am happy that on the second basically once they got to inside the tortoise like it slowed down yeah then we were able to start Focusing in on what they were supposed to do. Yep. And then now that we're focusing on the inside of the turtle. Yep. I don't know. Okay, well, we're on the inside of the turtle because we know that we have to kill kill the heart. Sounds it's a weird way to say that. But we yep. knew how to destroy the heart. Yep. Because the, the head itself didn't work out. Yep. And then we break the heart and then we find out that that wasn't even the solution either. So like what I wanted to get at was they kind of like, how do I say this? Like, yeah, the way, way to defeat this boss is to cut off its head. Oh, the bo- the head didn't work. You cut off its heart. And then, oh, the heart didn't work. So you got to cut them both out at the same time. It's kind of like they started to do like a crying wolf kind of thing. And okay. it would have been a little bit different if like I found that funny. Yep. But because of the pace and the lack of, like I said earlier, like lack of me being invested, I, I found that to be just a little bit more annoying 
Okay. Yeah, because I mean, you're getting to a, a boss fight within six episodes, or mm. well, within what two or four? Well, the end of the second episode is where they start the boss fight. Yeah. So unless you're super drawn in because of season one, which I would agree, both of us were. Mm-hmm. Season one was fantastic. So just to kind of before we get into that, just comparatively, season two was a letdown in that sense, mm-hmm. but I still enjoyed it. And I get what you're saying about not being invested in essentially the fight with the spirit tortoise because you go from oh the spirit tortoise is here oh now we're fighting it oh that didn't work let's try this that didn't work let's try this now you have to do both of those things at the same time mm-hmm. oh technically that didn't actually work either right because essentially they had to destroy in essence the the soul of the tortoise uh if you wanted to make ost horai the soul or are you talking about killing the heart and the head at the same time no because remember so they killed they chopped off the head and destroyed the heart at the same time and then Ost got them down into the depths of the turtle and that's where they find Keo. Mm. so they had to destroy the soul of the tortoise the only reason why i'm saying the soul is because that's kind of what Keo was doing was trying to steal the soul from the tortoise Right, that dragon hourglass. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, you had to, those killing the heart and the head at the same time really brought you to what was the way to kill the tortoise. Mm -hmm. Like, I can see that being a thing in like a video game i would have yep. totally bought that but like you know you're you're doing all the button mashing you're doing all the mm-hmm. controlling in a video game that would have been fine watching an anime is kind of i don't know i just feel like they just maybe if i saw sword art online do that i would have yep. accepted that one a little bit more because that one feels more video game-esque yeah because this until that probably what the end of this season nothing was even related to a video game not for the much. most part right i mean there's a couple things where we got to see like a couple stats, level yep. one, everyone going back to level one in the second half. Yep. Uh, I was happy to see that Naofumi still absorbing things into his shield. Mm-hmm. So that's some kind of like video game-esque stuff going on. Yep. So they did sprinkle in just a little bit. And we can talk about, there. there's a quite a bit to talk about in the manga mentions. For our listeners, this, um, something I didn't mention in the synopsis is Shield Hero is based off of a web novel. So the manga and the anime are adapted off of the web novels. And because I actually have it pulled up, uh, if you wanted to read the light novels, it appears to, this season appears to cover six through nine. So that kind of covers another thing as far as pacing is concerned. So season one, which is 24 episodes, was five novels. Mm-hmm. And season two was four. That's kind of crazy. Oh, yeah. Okay, so five five novels to cover 24 episodes and then four novels to cover 12. Let's just say 12 because the 13 really doesn't count. Yeah. So, yeah, just like uh, Ari Fuerta, they put everything on fast forward. So they, they must have skipped a lot. Yes. And it'll be... I'm looking forward to the to the manga mentions we have at the end because there's some good information going on. Mm-hmm. And but I want to stick with uh, the first half. Okay. I, like, I think we should split our discussions between Tortoise and That's New cool. World, just like the the novels are. Yep. We can do that. I think one of the other... Uh, I know we're a happy, a happier <laughs> anime right now, or we're trying to be, but um, I, I only dislike the first half. Okay. I can give you that one. Okay, so the next biggest thing I have a problem with this first half is the other world's cardinal heroes coming in. So they were not cardinal heroes. Oh, they're not official cardinal heroes? They are vassal heroes. So essentially, they are from the world, Uh and the weapon chooses the individual, 
you know how Raftalia mm-hmm. got the uh, katana. The katana. So now Raftalia is considered a vassal hero. Vassal. Okay, so that means Kizuna is a cardinal hero of the other world. Yes, Kizuna is a cardinal hero. Or is it? Yes. Okay. So then, okay, so we got the those other heroes, Lark and team. They yep. come in with the. Uh, they have, they still have the same mindset of destroying. You know, let's just say our hero's world and not no. So Lark, Glass, and man, I'm drawing a blank on it already. Therese. Therese. Yeah, I don't know why I can't remember her name. The way I keep remembering it is because it, there's like a, a the, like a ta. Yeah. But like, I remember we were messing up her name so often last time we talked about <laughs> it. But it's like, it was one of those stupid English words like Therese. Yeah, Therese. They only came to Malfamy's world to get Keo. Right, but they still have the goal of destroying the world in the back of their mind. In like, essence, like, yes. Because they did confirm that. Like, they agreed because Keo's like, and I'm glad they brought it up in the anime, but at the same time, I'm like, okay, well, you guys have the same goal. Why aren't you? Okay, what I'm saying is <laughs> Keo was like, your goal is to destroy this world. Why are you stopping me destroying this world if we both want the same thing? And then Lark was like, oh, yeah, well, you got a good point, but... Our weapons tell us that this is not the correct way. Um, I thought that was a cheap cop out because if because the goal is the same, it's so it's so annoying. Like so, the reason why has I feel like has everything to do with the fact that Lark is essentially a noble, and so if he is not doing it in a noble fashion, he doesn't want to do it. I, I can buy that. That that's what I really took it as. It's like all of we're supposed to be basically higher people doing things in for the greater good for the world do it in a noble fashion don't do it as we're going to take over the world's animal and then make it self-destruct itself that's not how we want to do it it's your typical like martial artist where it's i want to fight you straight up and not in essence cheating right okay i like that answer a lot better than the anime yep i can buy that but then it's still i mean something the biggest question i'm gonna have for the series in general is why why do they have to essentially destroy each other's worlds or why do they think they have to so they don't go over it in the anime and if they did it's very convoluted in essence there is a myth that says if we kill your cardinal heroes in your world the waves will stop because the waves are the two worlds essentially clashing into each other and then the monsters they don't talk about where the monsters come from because the monsters aren't from either world because the you don't see the monsters from the waves in the first season in lark's world mm-hmm. so where it doesn't say where these monsters come from but the worlds are essentially like crashing into each other opening a portal for these monsters to come in and attack so both worlds are getting attacked by monsters at the same time okay makes a little bit more sense which is how the vassal heroes can go back and forth between the worlds because well technically they are combined okay because that was gonna be my next big question i I know i said we wanted to split these yep but since you're bringing up crossing over vassal weapons yeah we see at the second half of the season that uh raftalia gets a vassal weapon she brings it back to her world now does that mean that that world Dude. so what you were saying is both worlds can share the vassal weapons i'm only gonna say yes because it happens <laughs> <laughs> because it happens so I, that's just the way it is uh it they don't go into all they do is 
Raftalia says, hey, I should leave this because it's your world's vassal weapon. And Kazuna is like, no, the Katana chose you. You are essentially one and the same at this point. Mm -hmm. So she takes it with her and can bring it back with her. So I don't know. Just questions. I... I would go with because it's a vassal weapon, just like Nalfumi was able to bring his shield back, that it can teleport between any and all worlds. I'm on, I'm on board with that. I guess what I was getting at was each world doesn't have their own version of a katana yep. weapon. Yep. So she essentially just stole the other world's yes. vassal weapon for herself. So yes. in that case, couldn't like one world just claim all of the vassal weapons? Technically, yes. But you would have to kill a vassal hero and be chosen by the weapon in a wave. Right. So... I mean, there's a possibility, but yeah, the, the vassal weapon chooses its own hero. So yes, it, technically, it could choose everyone from one single world, but it's not likely. Correct. Yeah, it's probably not going to happen, but we're going to anime logic this, and because Raftalia is a sword for now for me, it deemed her worthy. Mm-hmm. She's got a good heart. Yes, yes, she does, and I really liked her. Before we continue, I want to. Talk about favorite characters. Okay. Who's your favorite character? I would say, I, I guess I'll just go with Raftalia. I really liked Raftalia in this season. She had a shit ton of development. She kind of made herself worthy of being Naofumi's partner in essence. Mm-hmm. And I think we're going to be seeing a lot of awesome things from her. Oh yeah. I cannot wait to see more about her, especially now that she has a sword. Yep. And some super awesome magic moves. You got to see her do illusion magic. I thought that was really cool. Oh, back in the cage in yep. the prison. Yep. Yep. I like that. So, and it actually comes into play in the manga. Okay. So, because I'm just going to talk about it now because I wasn't going to talk about it later, but her using her illusion magic is how they found Kia's hideout, not the wave just appearing on top of it. It'll make more sense when I get there. In the end? Okay. Yep. So, yep. She. She is my favorite for this season. Um, As people in our Facebook and Instagram know, I have her figure. It's super awesome figure, super detailed. It is a pretty badass figure. And I'm after watching this season, I'm I'm happy to actually own it. So (laughs) (laughs) I'm more I'm more more pride. Yeah. So what about you? Do you have a favorite character? Um, overall, I would have to agree with you. I don't, I I just feel like nobody got as much of a praise, like as much of a badassness about (laughs) themselves as Raftalia. Um, I I don't think anybody in season one is worthy of being awesome. And unless you want to talk about Rishia and I 100% don't think she was good because she was my most hated character. (laughs) Like she was the one, oh, I can, the way she had a complete 180 with that fight against Keo. That was probably that's probably the one of the bigger reasons why I don't like the first half of the season is because of that 180. Yeah, it was weird. She um, was just like, "Yep, I can stand," and you're like, "Why?" And then her complete character changed in general. She went from this whiny bitch to like a badass who knows how to talk smart and <laughs> talk back, whatever. She was just not her. If she had many more episodes to become stronger and more independent. Yeah. Then I could have accepted that, but it yep. was just the flip of a page. It just happened. So now can I can I will not accept her as a fun character in this. But I want to give Kizuna. Okay, so yes, I love Raftalia. 
But yep. maybe Kizuna deserves a little bit. Okay, Kizuna was great. I thought she was a great character. Uh, she, one thing I really liked is she would, she was what Naofumi would have been if he had gotten brought to a country that liked the shield hero. Yeah, if they actually supported him instead of yep. hated him. Yep. Mm-hmm. She is exactly, and I like how they brought that up where it's like, oh, this is what would have happened if I had not gone to Melromark. Mm-hmm. I didn't care. I don't like that her sword doesn't, I don't know. I guess it really doesn't matter if it can't hurt other humans or not because your whole purpose is to destroy monsters. Yep. But it's also kind of strange that, okay, so she's the hunting. The hunting hero, yes. Uh, yeah, so I thought it was a little strange that like she had like a fishing pole entwined in it, and I would have liked to see. Hunting was a very generic term. Yeah. <laughs> well, she does use the the line as a weapon to hunt. Mm-hmm. So one thing that doesn't happen that you see is she kills like a hundred enemies at once using essentially that the fishing line. Yeah. Okay. I guess what I was trying to say was if she's the hunter, I would like to see other forms of like weaponry come out of this one weapon. Like, yeah. Is it going to be like a hunting rifle? Is it going to be like some kind of crossbow slash real bow? Like, is this going to just manifest into different versions of this hunting? Well, you see it or? as a sh- as a sword mm-hmm. and the fish lure so right it's just it might turn into a spear i'm interested because you kind of brought her up what are the other heroes objects because we have the hunt the hunting hero and that's just kind of whatever so what are the other heroes objects oh like what what are their weapons gonna be yeah and we had this conversation uh in our season one talk yeah like what other weapons could there be yeah i mean they're things are so broad and (laughs) of course they're gonna want to stay away from all of these all of the our heroes cardinal weapons and they're gonna want to stay away from all the vassal weapons that have already been described yep so we're already running pretty slim on (laughs) weapons at this point and we only know one out of four of the cardinal weapons yep so these are going to be some very unique and definitely strange uh weapons that i can see that are going to come forth i'm also interested to know so this world has vassal heroes are we in naofumi's world gonna have vassal heroes as well yeah they made mention that there's like the six star or seven star vassal heroes seven seven vassal heroes seven star vassal heroes so there's seven of them seven of them okay yeah. i didn't know if that was going to be like a rank title or if there was an actual seven weapons yep but yeah they were all claimed to be of weaker strength but yet they're still going to be useful so so we do have other weapons to see in the future yes and the reason why they're useful as we know because they can go during waves into other worlds and attempt to kill cardinal heroes so that that is what i deem as why they're ne- they're necessary slash important yeah if that's the case then why wasn't alpha me able to transfer I mean, because he was given the power of the spirit tortoise or yeah because <laughs> yes because of the power of the spirit tortoise he was able to essentially fulfill a mission and get the spirit tortoise's power back okay yeah because i suppose after the mission was completed he they automatically transported back yep okay well with that being said how are the vassal weapons even able to transfer between worlds in the first place 
that is a good question. Because, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that just shit just happens. Like, it was super strange to see Lark and his team show up out of nowhere inside the turtle. That threw me through a loop. Yeah. Because, like, I thought it was supposed to be super hard to even do that in the first place. And now they just seem to be jumping back and forth somehow. I mean, I know Keo, for whatever reason, had that ability to open up some kind of portal. Yes. Did I explain why the Vassal heroes believe they needed to kill the Cardinal heroes? Uh, you kind of alluded to it just a little bit, but I don't think there was a definitive answer. So, yes, because I started talking about the ways and then we got a little sidetracked. The reason why is because there's a myth in Kazuna's world that if you destroy or kill the cardinal heroes, it will stop the waves permanently. Right, yeah, you were saying that. Okay, so yeah, I did. And that's so that's why there was a myth. And basically Kazuna was like, and who cares? We'll figure out a different way. If that's the only way to do it, I don't want to do it. Right. So And plus as far as they know, it's just a myth. It's not like there can't be another solution. Yeah, and that's basically what she did or what she said. And then now for me being himself, he's like, but it's a myth, so it might be believable. And he's like, really? She got she's like, really now for me, you gotta bring that up. It's not helping. Right. Because as far as we know, as soon as the fourth and final hero dies, yeah. a brand new batch just automatically shows up. It could be. So there, it could be just because what different ha- things. Did the cardinal heroes in Nalfami's world just all naturally die or die during a wave and not by a vassal hero? Or like, so how did they die? How did the right. previous vassal heroes, or not vassal, the cardinal's heroes die? Because that kind of matters. Right. I would like to assume all of them died through waves. Yeah. With the exception of the shield heroes, because that shield hero is cursed with that super demon thing that wants to enrage well that is because of the dragon so because now for me sucked in part of the dragon he got the rage from the dragon oh, and that's, that's why he i has forgot it. all about that decaying dragon yep so that's where all the rage shit started and it wasn't just automatic it was yeah it was essentially a poison to his a poison or a curse i'd say a curse to his shield status and that's how he was able to do these things because it's a curse okay so when nafumi switched worlds and started over at level one yep the only thing that changed was his level not his previous shields. Yeah, because he was able to use yep. a couple other uh, other shields. Yep, exactly. He was able to use all of them. The biggest difference was Ost gave part of her power as the spirit tortoise to defend against the power of the dragon, the curse of the dragon. I think, she, well, she gave it to him also in, in essence because he no longer had hatred to even fuel that shield to begin with. Or need to. Or need to, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, and it's, she wanted him to be able to be, or have an attack that was on par with the curse dragon shield without it being detriment to himself and his party. Right, yeah, I agree. Because that wrath, that wrath shield yep. consumes so much out of him. Yep. Such a sacrifice. <laughs> All right, so I think this is about a good time for a quick break. Yeah, I need more beer. All right, 
and welcome back from our break. Uh, after talking about so much about the first half of the second season, I mm-hmm. think we should start focusing on the second half. So the, Lance's favorite part of the, the season. <laughs> the more fun half of the season. Yeah, exactly. This was the part of the season that like I actually did like, and that's, I, I just got to say, the biggest part of this that I liked yep. was going to a new world and starting over. Yeah, I like that. I thought it was good. It was starting over, but it was like jumping into an RPG that you had like previously played, but you're starting over. Kind of like every time you play with Pokemon, it's like, you know what to expect. So you're just like, okay, I need to do this, this, and this. Exactly. And I'm so glad you brought up Pokemon because I wanted to say, (laughs) um, when I first watched this, the very first thing that came to my head was playing Pokemon uh, Silver and Gold and Crystal. Yep. And when you beat the original uh, Elite Four, yep. you went back to the uh, the even more original Johto region. Yep. And then you got to fight the, all the original leaders. Yep. And I always wanted to, like, start over completely. Like, start over in, at Palatown with a... Give new, me a level five Charmander and... Exactly. And just give a fresh start on the same exact memory. If you wanted to cheat with your level 60 whatever, <laughs> then whatever. But, yep. like, at least it would have given you the option to continue on a new leaf yeah it would have been that's what i've always wanted and never happened i mean you could have done it no because everybody's at like level 50 plus oh yeah that's right so yeah everybody's like insanely hard yeah so they're all you know up to date with where you should be yeah so you didn't have an option actually i think the wild pokemon were weak but the wild pokemon all the trainers were top leveled well you really got to (laughs) grind could you imagine how long it would take to like i would have fight level three Caterpies for 700 times so I could be level 10. Yeah. I mean, if you were to be honest, maybe realistically, that's kind of how it would be because you'd get like a piece of shit Pokemon that you'd have to train for days, weeks, months. Yes. And then you go battle your first trainer and little do you know, he's been doing the same thing for years and he's just going (laughs) to fucking smoke you. So yeah, it really could be like that realistically. So yeah. That'd be a crazy concept. I couldn't imagine couldn't imagine actually doing that. I mean, if it was real life, I would. <laughs> yes, yes. But in the in a game, no, that's too much waste of time. Speaking of real life things, did you see Ash is no longer going to be in the anime? After 25 years, I did see that. <laughs> yeah, that's they, crazy. They gave him his championship, and they're like, all right, well, what else can we do? I guess we'll just get rid of him. Yeah, yeah. I didn't, like, dive into it because I saw one picture showing him as, like, an adult. Like, after so many years, Ash is finally growing up. Yep. And then a couple of weeks later, oh, Ash is no longer going to be the main character. I'm like, what is going on? Yeah, I I think that was just kind of like fan art. The Ash thing was fan art. The years grown up. Oh, maybe. Or it, maybe he'll be that'll dropped be how they, in later or something. Yeah, that'll be how they segue. Mm-hmm. Either way, I'm interested. There was, a, there was a long time that I tried to stay current with Pokemon. Like, oh, when did I last leave off? I think I stopped watching at the short Sword and Shield arc. No, okay. no, no. I stopped, I stopped watching at the, uh, the Hawaiian version the alolan the alolan yeah i watched most of that one i didn't finish it yep but it was got to a point where like i just kept kept it on in the background on netflix and it was just playing you're like oh hey something's happening or is it the pokemon channel the pokemon channel play okay. not, not netflix yeah well netflix does have it oh. and i was trying to get my daughter to watch the champion but the one the newest one the one where he actually finally wins oh yeah I don't know what it is. I haven't uh, watched it either. And yeah, my daughter watched like one episode. She loves Pikachu, and that's as far as it goes. <laughs> <laughs> she wanted nothing to do with the actual show. You have no idea how much more better things there are out there. You just got to watch and learn to love other things. Yeah, but the, it's a thousand plus other Pokemon. I know. I am speaking of Pokemon. 
What do you think of the new game? Scarlet and Violet? Yeah. Um, I'm playing Scarlet. Um, I just completed everything minus the gym or the uh, the Elite Four. Okay. I'm liking it for the most part. I mean, it, it were bringing me back to the OG feels. Okay, nice. It's kind of strange that they have such an open world and they let you go to any gym that you want to. Mm-hmm. And if you just so happen to choose a gym that's too strong, then fuck you. Go find someone weaker or something. <laughs> So it's it's strange in that aspect. Yep. Thankfully, there's the internet that can tell you, like, hey, like this is the order of the gyms that you should typically go in. Yep. Which is fine. But, I mean, as long as you have the type advantage, it honestly doesn't matter in the end mm-hmm. because... They're not overly strong. Right. They, they've weakened... The gym leaders have just been weakened over the years where they're not nearly as difficult as they used to be. For the most part. And all these newer games are adding uh, EXP share. Yep. So everybody gets experience, not just the one who's battling. I mean, the one who's battling does get the bulk they get of the, the experience, boost, yeah. Which I'm totally fine with because they're. I mean, if you're gonna fucking give away a thousand different guys to choose from, and like halfway through the game you decide you want to change up your team, but like, why would I change up my team when I've already put twelve hours of work into one guy and then not, and then just yeah, then only they, to give up on him. And then remember, in the OG ones, you would have the experience. Was it? It was experience share, but it was like one Pokemon when you could give an item to a Pokemon and then it would share between one other Pokemon in the beginning. Um... Oh, are you talking about the Lucky Egg? No, it wasn't. I'm talking like Yellow and those yeah, ones where yeah, you could... There was the EXP share after you've caught like... It was like 50 Pokemon or 50, something like yeah, that. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, you got it from one of the scientist guys. Yep, and then it would allow you to share your EXP with one Pokemon. Was it? I can't even remember. Because there was experience because... share and then experience all, which if you had all... Because I think it was... Well, don't get too far out of yourself because holding items didn't become a thing until Gold, Silver, Crystal. So the second... So, so Blue, sil- or blue, Red, and Yellow did not have hold held items. Yeah, so, so it was I think in had, your bag. So they had experience all. Yeah, if you if you had in your bag, everybody got experience. Yes, but then it wouldn't be until, what, halfway through the game at that point? Well, battling already, the... It was already late in the game. Yeah, it was pretty late in the game where you had to... You're grinding like crazy, so you'd have one level 60 Pokemon, and everybody else could be like level 40 or something like that. Mm-hmm. It might have been better if we were older and more strategic. Yeah. But I, was, <laughs> I was younger. I had three guys max that I cared about, and I yep. just used them solely and just marked everybody. Yep. I remember when I was young, you know, like 10 or 11, something like that. Like I had, I was, I remember having Jolteon and Pikachu in the same uh, party. I'm oh. like, now that I'm thinking about it now, I'm like, why did I do that? Today, that's <laughs> terrible. You don't want two of the same types. I know. I had them both maxed out, though. Oh, really? Yeah. So. I don't I don't think I got my first level 100 until Diamond. Okay. And that was Dialga. Yeah, I had Pikachu and Jolteon at 100. And then, I'm trying to remember who else. I, I think I had Dragonite, or Dragonite pretty high. I think I had a Gengar and a Snorlax, and I think one other. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, I had basically high, besides um, Pikachu. Pikachu, I had like max speed on him, so it'd just be faster than everybody else, so you could kill everybody. I think I had, I don't remember who my sixth 
Pokemon was when I was little. I don't even know where my yellow is anymore. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, no, now that I'm thinking about it, I could have easily made a couple extra hundreds because I never, ever, ever use experience or uh, um, rare candies. Rare candies? Yeah, I use the shit out of them. <laughs> I, I save them for just-in-case things. Yep. And then because I'm so frugal about it, I just keep it in the back. <laughs> like, even in, in my Scarlet version right now, I've got, like, 20 rare candies sitting on me, and I just, I'm not going to use it. Yep. Because I know in the back of my head, it's going to be more worthwhile to use a rare candy on a level 90 than it is going to be to a level 50 or something. Yep. So I tell myself, grind now and cheat later, and I never end up using it to begin <laughs> with. So I don't know. I'm in, I'm in that loop. Yeah, granted, I played, I'd play Pokemon on the Game Boy like crazy when I was a little kid going mm-hmm. through batteries, having those oh, yeah, crazy stack stuff. Yeah, I was going on car rides, going through like two sets of batteries at a time, just nonstop playing. car rides long <laughs> right, you would travel states yeah but holy crap have we talked <laughs> a lot about not shield hero yes let's get back into shield hero <clears throat> we can let's go into part two of season two and real okay real quick yes the oh, i guess it's not the introduction okay so the introduction of season two is uh kizuna and stuff like that yep um i know we might be skipping a little bit of a little section but as soon as they find that you know that bug and they have that tree break out of that infinite la- labor labyrinth yep and we have naofumi and raf talia and that other annoying bitch she they're falling Rishia. Rishia, thank you. So they're falling into like back into the real the real world. Yes. Not the real world, but into uh, their mm. their world. Yes. So they're falling. Yes. And Kizuna casts her line. Yes. So that Nafumi grabs the line. Just happened to not cut the shit out of his hand, yes. Well not only that, but like that would make sense if he was levitating upwards <laughs> but he's falling so yes. she could have just jumped I'm like what was the whole uh, that bothered the <laughs> shit out of me like there is literally no purpose in that unless they would have said out loud like oh what if we start getting separated our line could keep us together i would have caught i would have bought that yep. just a little bit but he's fucking falling just jump at him because yeah, gravity it, does the work it doesn't happen in the manga we'll, we'll just go with that okay <laughs> <laughs> But I know what you're saying. Like, it, it makes absolutely no sense besides showing her ability. Like, oh, look, it's useful in this manner. It's like, but it's not needed in this manner. So who cares? Okay. I got one last little bitch, and then I'm done with bitching about the second half of the season. Okay. And it's this the same fucking area with Kizuna. When they run into Kizuna, Nafumi's like, how old are you? And she's... <laughs> I'm 18. So that was de- like, she was straight on that. Like, she knew she was 18, all that fun stuff. And then there was another scene that should be like, how long have you been down here? I don't know. I, I lost track after the first year or two. <laughs> but you know for certain that you're 18. And like, you're, uh, it just bothered me. So much contradiction <laughs> going on right there. So I, I took it as she probably counted until she was 18. And then she's like, well, I guess I don't need to count anymore. I, I had my 18th birthday. So here we are. <laughs> If they would have said that, I would have bought that. But <laughs> no, there's two contradicting things. There's okay, no more bitching. That was the last of it. Uh, I like I how- like the rest of this season from episode six on fourth, seven on fourth. Yes, I I did find it funny how they called her a lolly, like they no, no, fourth no. wall, a lolly hag. Yes, which I'm not a hundred percent sure what the difference is. I didn't look into it, but from what I took, it's I'm just gonna assume that it's an older person who looks younger. But that's what a lolly is. That's why I'm a, a lolly. Yeah, but if he threw the hag in there, I'm gonna assume it's because the hag means 
needs someone who's older. And that's why I'm saying it that way. So a the definition of a lolly is a childlike female character, particularly in a lollycon genre. And then oh, that's oh, real helpful. I know a lolly character is in a lolly <laughs> genre. Yes. Um. So typically, a lolly is young. Okay. So yes, your definition would make sense. Where someone, it's someone who's, who's older, older but looks young. Okay. And then a lolly is actually older than they look. Basically, she is three hundred years old. Dragon throat. <laughs> that's funny. So I looked it up, and then the icon is of Kizuna. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So, um, yeah, it's, I've seen basically a lolly hag is supposed to be somebody that's like a, a grandparent, supposed to be really old and looks young versus somebody who's just older and looks young. Uh, okay. I, so, yeah. I guess. So, like, what I was saying to the more extreme. Yes. Which makes it weird that Naofumi would call an 18-year-old a lolly hag. Yes. Okay. Just well, taking these terms going too far with them. <laughs> We're cool. We're hip. Yes. Sure. We'll go with that. But it was. Ooh. Yes. I got another. Okay. Another thing that I just going through my notes. I just remembered there was a moment that when Naofumi ran into glass. Yes. Okay. I guess just going back into the first half. He made a very impressionable moment about how she looks different. Yes. And they never go back to that. Not yeah, only, they don't. Not only that. I got to go to my notes on my phone because I had to take two. I was listening to it at work, so I had to take two separate location of notes. Okay, so in the first half, when they were looking at all those, uh, when they were on the tortoise and they were in that little cave and there was all that writing, and then Naofumi reads that he can make out a couple words, three words. There was seal, seventh, and shatter. And the only thing that he could come up with was seventh, and that was because there would be seven days until the spirit tortoise would do something. Yes. But they never focused on seal, and they never focused on shatter. So Another thing that they just fucking bring up like, oh, this is super dramatic and they never do anything about it. <laughs> yes. Yeah, um, I feel like that's going to be light novel references that we're just not going to understand. I hope so. Please, anybody who has read the the light novels, give us some context clues into what we're missing. Because I feel like that would help us enjoy the season a lot more. I enjoyed the season. I thought it was was good. Not nearly as good as season one, but it was, it was good. And I feel like it would kind of help put it over the edge if we got a bunch of context going on in this. I just feel like they rushed it. That's all. Especially the first half. Second yes. half is much better. Yes. The second half was really good. Um, I enjoyed the fact that they brought another villain in, but tied him into Kyo. And I love what Naofumi calls him in the manga. Oh, really? There's another... Because what, what is... Because he... Calls calls him by name in the anime right yeah he always referred to him as his name which was can you give us a, a reminder on his name because the manga name for him is hilarious and i will tell you or tell yes i will say his what they call him in the manga after you let us know what his name is in the anime yeah his name is kazuki kazuki okay i bring that up because I forgot to write his name down in the beginning. And in the manga, Naofumi only calls him Trash Number 2. Trash Number 2? <laughs> As in, like, Trash King? It, um, 
as in he basically says she he is as bad as um the yeah as bad as the king so he is trash too oh i wish they would have brought that that would <laughs> see and that could have brought a little bit more humor into this one that would have been good yeah it's a, and that is after he basically says his name he does not reference him as anything but trash that's kind of funny that yeah I wish they would have captured that. So, maids, that is important to remember because I'm going to reference him a few times. As trash number two. As trash <laughs> number two. <laughs> okay. Yeah, he. Now that we brought trash number two into this conversation, like, what'd you take him take of him as a villain in general? Just kind of. I thought he was okay. Yeah. Um, he was just someone that wanted to like he was like the underling under Keo. Yep. And Keo was a dick, and he wanted to, like, prove himself to be better. Yep. So he was trust. All he wanted to do was just better himself so that he can be better than Keo. Like, that's fine. Yes. I bought that, so I didn't think too much about it. I wish they would have drawn on it a little bit more. <laughs> I mean, he technically doesn't stay alive all that long. No. I mean, it's only maybe three, four episodes max. Because when he gets shown at the end, he's just an empty corpse. Yeah, I love how he gets chopped in half, and then they're like, hey, we're actually gonna bring him back and here you go now he's a corpse and you're just like what yeah what do they call him like an homunculus or something yeah homunculus Mm -hmm. which i was fine with too because this book vessel weapon that keo has yeah it's pretty damn powerful things the things that that book can do kind of seem like they might be a little limitless i i would like to imagine that that book itself was the reason why he was able to transfer from world to world. Yes, I would agree. In addition to that, he was able to make uh, others teleport to where he wanted them to teleport, which is why yep. half the team went to the infinite labyrinth. I don't know why he separated. Uh, yeah, he well, he sent Naofumi and group to the infinite labyrinth and um, Philo off on, his, off on her own, basically as a punishment to Naofumi, and then sent the other Lark and his group to this prison which what was it called like the prison of despair or something like that yeah. something that just yep. drained their energy which was very effective against glass because you find out that she is a spirit mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm really glad they went into detail on her yes because i guess that was one big question that they totally answered in this season which is why uh Nafumi's shield drain shield or whatever it was called yeah where it where it drained basically spiritual pressure uh yeah and she had not she wanted nothing to do with it so I'm glad they went into that kind of detail. Yeah, that's that was a minor detail that was really confusing in season one because you're kind of like, okay, well, why does it really affect her? And then we find out, which is super nice. Right. So that was something I was 100% happy with. Yeah, I do have some explanations because once I talk about it, it's going to make more sense of why things happen the way they did. Okay. It's interesting to know how he gets these abilities. Like if he's just reading book after book after book and that's how he's getting it. Or, or if all this information is just contained within the book itself and he's yep. just activating it. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see how he's able to basically get all this power. Because it's kind of crazy that you wouldn't think a book hero vassal person would be able to do all this damage. Right. I guess it depends on what the book says. Because the book itself kind of reminds me of like Black Clover vibes you just read spells from inside and then stuff happens yeah i guess i can give you that one kind of similar as in a in a sense that'd be really good i kind of like that actually i think that would be it'd make the most sense on why why it would work out that way if you want to stick on 
vassal weapons. Yeah, we, we can do talk that. about Ethnobard or whatever his name was. The dude with the, uh, what, it, what was it called? Like the boat weapon? Yes. Something along those yep. lines? Yeah, it, it was a boat weapon. It was like a, it's a boat. It's somehow, a transport Somehow ship. considered a weapon, but there it is. Completely supplement, or not supplemental, completely support kind of item. Yes. Kind of thing. I mean, the, the weapon, I still feel weird calling it a weapon, but yeah. the item itself is super useful. And it also takes the whole dragon hourglass transportation to the next level. Yep. That Nafumi's world. Well, actually, I guess everybody, all, the Cardinal Heroes had the ability to teleport between cities that they've been to. Yes. Which Nafumi didn't know about right until away. like at the end of season one. Right. So I guess there needed to be some sort of quick transport, especially since all, all of today's video games have teleportation stuff yeah yeah it it was really interesting to see like just all the knowledge that everybody had comparatively Mm -hmm. for whatever reason in Naofumi's world like everything kind of seems to be a secret and nobody wants to give out any information between the cardinal heroes between the cardinal heroes between the vassal heroes between like anything where it's just like everything has to be a secret and a grind to find out this information Mm -hmm. it's interesting that it's almost this is a parallel world which you can kind of think of it as that way right i mean on paper it sounds like it should be parallel yep and because they yeah i don't know where i was going with that (laughs) that's all right i mean there was a handful of differences i mean we saw that philo her philolian didn't exist in this world so she was able to take on a whole different form yeah humming fairy i think is what it was i think so that sounds familiar humming at least yeah Yeah, that sounds right yeah i think so so that was cool and then their like their armor and weapons and stuff were kind of glitching out because they weren't exactly compatible right well their armor at least was not compatible well at least the shield hero because he was a cardinal yes that's what i took that one as but then uh now um armor was kind of glitching out like it wasn't a it, it had no like effective status every it was just like basic armor in that world oh okay according to well them because they had to get new armor mm-hmm. which i thought was weird that it was ineffective in kizuna's world but then effective in his own world like he was still wearing it in his own world so i thought that was kind of weird oh yeah because he left that world in that uniform and yep that's so- just his new look so one thing I will say is that doesn't happen in the manga. Oh no, no, just some creative liberty there. Yeah, okay. apparently. So it's <laughs> that's really all I'm going to get into as far as that is concerned because that's really all that matters. Okay. Well, let's just talk about the elephant in the room. Yep. And that's Raftali again, her sword. Yes, the she was cons- she was chosen by the katana to be the katana vassal. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm. I mean, I know we kind of already briefly talked about this, but I am. I guess I'm. Okay, at first I'm a little bit split on <laughs> my first initial thoughts because I really don't like when anime all of a sudden have like a list of moves available as soon as they <laughs> just obtain something. Yeah, I've had this for five seconds and I know 20, 20 items. It's like, but, or 20 skills. It's like, but that's not how that works right like she had zero time to learn anything yep and they could have they could have at least taken the shortcut like oh i suddenly know how to use all these (laughs) techniques like i was cool with her slowly growing yes because she slowly grew it wasn't just like a instant transformation or it happened out of the blue like she was running she was tripping she was growing slowly slowly 
I bought that, but her using her snow techniques out of nowhere. Yes. Uh, I guess on another note, I am glad she said I have no, uh, not control. No, she missed. Uh, Restraint? I don't remember exactly the word she used. Anyway, whatever the word is that she used specifically, like she helped, she tried to t- warn. Uh, that, yeah, she can't, she can't restrain herself from go, basically going all out. Right, because she's had no practice. I'm like, I don't know how powerful I am. So if I kill you, I'm letting you know, I don't know. I will say. That doesn't happen in the manga either. Oh, wow. She doesn't just instantly be like, oh, I have this weapon now. Oh, hey, now I can do all these moves. No, it doesn't work like that. At least in the manga, it doesn't work like that. Wasn't zero to 60 like the anime was? I would say zero to 100. (laughs) (laughs) She went full go. No, no, it's not quite like that. Especially after she was given that kimono. Yes. Like all of a sudden, she was recognized as an actual vessel weapon holder. And she got all this respect out of nowhere, even though everybody knew exactly who she was or whatever. (laughs) So so weird. Yeah. Yeah, there's so many things that happened in the manga that didn't necessarily happen like that in the anime so it'll be we're gonna have a good conversation we'll just put it that way i'm looking forward to it i know there was a lot that happened in this season but i mean really the big things were raftalia got became a vassal hero basically larkin group like no longer want to kill each other yeah they they don't want to kill each other which i don't really think lark ever actually wanted to right i can see that too oh speaking of lark his whole kiddo thing at least in the <laughs> english version his kiddo thing was over dramatic i wish they would have like normalized that a little bit more but every time he said kiddo it was just like kiddo like right in your face like it just it needed to be over enunciated and like <laughs> just in your face yeah it was too much. I would have been okay with it if it wasn't just well, yeah. See, I, I took it like an offhand comment, kinda like the all right, kiddo. Kinda like that's how I took it when I was reading it. Like I didn't even I guess I didn't even pay attention. If to, you're reading it, I would have if I would have been reading it in the manga, I would have normalized it. But yeah. hearing it in the manga is just like don't put so much emphasis on kiddo. It it makes yourself weird. Yes. I did find it funny that Naofumi essentially got his revenge on... I, I did like that. <laughs> on Mark. Young master. <laughs> don't call me that. Don't call me that, kiddo. <laughs> oh, sorry. I just, there's a little pause. Don't call me that, kiddo. Like, oh, okay. Sorry. I just need to put one more, one more little dig in there. But yeah, that was fun. I did like that they were, he was the young master. Yes. And then I love how they... how. Kizuno was like, oh, just charge the, just charge Lark. (laughs) (laughs) To the rich guy. Yeah. I thought that was funny. It's, if they would have kept what the second half of season two was throughout the entire season, I think more people would have enjoyed it. For the most part, definitely. So I will be completely honest. When I first I first started watching the the season when it came out, and I stopped watching it because I was yeah. like, "This is stupid. I hate." Because it was like I was essentially watching like a cut screen, a load screen for a an older RPG, and I'm like, I don't want to watch this in my anime. So I stopped watching it. Like. Yeah, what was that last year when it came out? Uh, or earlier this year? I think it was, it was April-ish. Ago, yeah. So I'm glad we're finally getting to season two and I pushed through it because I did enjoy the second part, the New World arc. I enjoyed Kizuna. Um, I enjoyed the development that Lark's group had in that they're like, you know what? Maybe we don't have to kill the cardinal heroes in your group. I was happy about that, especially after what I was complaining about in the first half or like they're here to kill the other world. And yep. then they, that's not the way we should kill the other world. And then 
they come back and they're like, okay, maybe we're not all bad. So it was really cool when Kizuna, and before I say this, I wasn't on board with it at first. Okay. But it was really cool when Kizuna was brought that uh, that woman that had her sword explode to the house. Okay. And had her be like, hey, make yourself at home and we need to talk things out. We need to know that you're not our enemy and, you know, we don't want any trouble. And then it worked out all right. I mean, that's a happy-go-lucky route. But yeah. at first I was like, this is stupid, but the same. But then after a moment, I was like, okay, I guess I'm glad they went that route. Because at the end of episode 12, we saw that that same woman was a friend of Kizuna. She was a friend of... No, she was a friend oh, of... Oh, sorry. It was episode uh, 13 when they were fishing. Uh, Yomogi. You're thinking of Yomogi. So she was always friends with Kyo. And eventually, it kind of turned into... Honestly, I wouldn't take anything that happened in the 13th episode as factual not too much i mean it's just gonna be complete fluff yeah so i I almost think take that as filler so i don't i would say filler but at the same time when season three comes around i can see her being an ally of our heroes on the other world yes but i think that has everything to do with the fact that she is a trustworthy trustworthy person and she took her friendship and almost glossed over all of Keo's faults Mm-hmm. and took this hey you're my childhood friend you have never seen you be evil you can't be evil i don't like what uh what they're saying has to be wrong because i've known you my entire life and you've always been a good person right so i mean i can understand that she seems to be a good friend and i can understand her being a ally in the future but i just think it's it's going to take some time and the next time we see her we'll will be some time between then and or now and then and so um yeah they're they're gonna need to build it up a little bit yes um and just everybody seems to kind of like kizuna so everybody wants to be her friend right she's yeah she's just so happy and she's wants to make everyone else she's a genuinely good person yeah that's a good way to put it and i mean let's be honest you're gonna if you're genuine people you're going to attract people who want that right there was a lot that happened in this episode or in this part of the season but is there really any anything too much you want to talk about um one last thing that i wish didn't happen okay was at the very end when the no the bullshit now for me and rishia thing where he's choking her and she's just like you're not a bad person. <laughs> I, this is, I know this is how you always felt about me. And it's like, what? Oh, I what? forgot. Okay. I forgot all about that little scene. Okay. Yeah. When he's choking her out and calling her a whore and a slut. And I hated you from the beginning. And every time I look at you, I want to vomit or whatever. Yeah. I was like, wow, this is, I thought that was terrible. Yeah, One thing that was terrible. I, I'm going to say it right now that doesn't happen in the manga. And I'm going to assume that doesn't happen in the light novels either. Okay. I hope so. Because it was, it was such like kind of BS. It was so stupid. Yeah. Because like Naofumi would, he definitely saw that like season one Naofumi would have seen that she is weak and needs improvement, but he would have never have gone to the point of calling her a whore and a, all that fun. She was what Naofumi was when he and Raftalia started. In a way. But she, well, she was a whiny bitch compared to him being a, like just rejected. I mean, he, he was kind of the world's out to, like, that super emo, kind of like, a Spy, was it Spider-Man 3? Or super emo about everything. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the embarrassing 
part of Spider-Man, yeah. Yes, the the super emo. That's what Naofumi was, where he was just kind of like, fuck everything. Mm-hmm. Everybody in the world hates me. And he's got Raftalia here like, you're my best friend. I love you. We should continue what we're doing. We're doing great things. And he's just like, fuck this place. So, it, and but no, I kind of... Oh, I mean, I don't mean to cut you off, but like <laughs> back, back to what I was trying to get at was, I didn't like... How Nafumi was trying to summon... Okay, so he summoned the Wrath shield. Yes. And I was getting super pumped about it because that's what I loved about season one. Nafumi was this outcast guy who was always being shit on. Yep. And he needs this rage to push him to the next level. Sort of, yes. Yeah, to a point. And then this entire second season, twice, he's been like talked out of it, talked out of using his Wrath. I mean, the first time he didn't have any rage to begin with. But the second time he was talked out of it and the stupid tortoise spirit came in and did a spirit or a super blast, a <laughs> hyper beam and finished it off. A super hyper beam because he had the mirror vessel. And the mirror vessel was <laughs> continue with it too. And I just, I think what makes Naofumi so cool is that he's this fuck the world, I'm going to do whatever I want kind of thing. Like, hatred is what makes him who he is. And then he's slowly becoming this, like, happier person. Like, I know. But that that was never what he actually was. So if you wa- if you really pay attention when he, like, monologues his life, he's like, I was just this typical Anteku that enjoyed uh, reading mangas and playing RPGs and like, I never took him as this fuck the world. I'm going to, I hate everything. I took it as I want to be me and I'm going to do whatever I want kind of thing. That's true. But in season one, the world, the new world pushed him into that hateful guy. And that's what made me like him is because it was me, me, me. Yes. And like, I guess typically I don't like me, 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 but like I'm watching this anime of him exploding into a new, new, more powerful character. Because he was, I mean, he was powerful and had these super cool moves. I, I have a feeling you're going to be very disappointed with what now for me is going to turn into if that's what you actually enjoyed. Oh no. Because I was just about to say, back when the beginning of the second half, when they were about to go raid that temple, and or uh, after they found Philo, yep. and now Fumi's getting all this rage, and you can see his shield getting built more rage into it, and I was like, yes, yes, get more rage. <laughs> and then stupid Rishia is like, no, let's calm down, and let's go build a plan and attack in secrecy. I wanted him to fucking blow up and go make a scene, because that's that's the Naofumi that I thought I knew. Yeah, no. I think that is going to be the Naofumi of the past. And I don't think you're going to... Because they've been building towards Naofumi no longer using the the raid shield. Because um, who is currently the Fatoria? Fatoria? The Philolian queen? Yeah. Yeah. So she's talked about don't use that shield. And now you have Ost which said you don't need this shield use essentially use the spirit tortoise okay. as your way to not have to use that shield mm. okay i wish they would have brought that up like they do so many flashbacks here and there yeah. i wish they kind of would have did that because that would have refreshed my memory a little bit then yeah it's but at the same time i do like seeing rageful now for me yes but i think honestly what killed it for me was what he did to Rishia. Like it's, it's just stupid. 
Oh, that was stupid. I did it, like it made that. absolutely no sense because it's like he has control of himself and doesn't at the same time. Because really, the only reason why he attacked any of the people in his party was because it was residual, not because he was attacking his party. Right. So I just I didn't see it as something that would actually happen in even in season one. Like he would, like you said, he would have never done, would have never said that stuff. I I think he sees too much of himself in Rishi to even like think that stuff on her because i mean he's acknowledged that the only reason or the only true thing that rishia wants to do is make herself worthy to oh man it's the bow hero or this is he the sword hero or the bow hero uh it's suki it's suki yeah bow hero yeah yeah it essentially make her herself worthy of being in his presence Mm -hmm. which I'm trying to remember. Do they talk about why what he did for? He, yeah, he talked. Rishia explains what Itsuki did for oh, Rishia. Yeah, like saved her from like the slave shit. Yeah, so I mean, it's I mean, it makes complete sense why she would want to. Oh yeah, I don't blame her for that. Yeah, that's totally fine. And, and so he Naofumi is not going to blame Rishia for that reason alone mm-hmm. because it's I mean it's a worthy cause and reason to want to repay Itsuki. Right. So it's... I I get it. Uh, That was probably my... Even beyond the RPG loading screens that we had to watch, (laughs) Uh that was probably my least favorite part of the entire season. But let's talk about our favorite parts of the entire season. Uh, Do you want to talk about your favorite scene slash episode? Yep, I do have a favorite scene. Okay. And ironically enough, it is from the Spirit Tortoise arc. That is very ironic. (laughs) Because I dislike that arc the most, but I did truly enjoy the head chopping off scene. (laughs) Okay, yep. When they chopped off the Spirit Tortoise's head, and that was because all three of the girls, and that was Rishia giving like a a power boost to Raftalia and Philo. Okay. And then like Dragon Ball Z style, (laughs) Philo and Raftalia got this big glow on them and together they did like a chop and they helped cut off the head. That, that teamwork scene to me was pretty awesome. Okay. Totally fell for that one. So that was my favorite scene in the entire season two. Okay. I will, I will give you that one. Oh man. The funny part is you, you talked about this earlier and I should have been thinking about it, but I kind of, just kind of <laughs> i kind of just drew a blank on what it was if i had to see i keep i keep thinking too much of the manga and there's a lot of parts i really enjoy in the manga but as far as the anime is concerned i guess we'll go at the end i really enjoyed just obliterating Kyo. oh yeah yeah kind of uh father son kamehameha-esque going on where the power of everybody going together is what finally brought the end of Kyo. yeah i can follow that i enjoyed a lot of this season i'll be completely honest this season probably dropped shield hero out of my top 10 like as far as favorites at least as series is yeah concerned. as a yeah. series is concerned anybody who watches season one needs to watch season two i hope they do justice in season three uh, like i feel like the series is going to be very good but it's going to be kind of like in dragon ball z where it's you've got these so many arcs where you're gonna be like all right this is my favorite arc which in dragon ball z would probably be 
the um the Majin Majin Vegeta. The Majin well the Majin arc. <laughs> Well, yes. more specifically around Majin Vegeta. Yes, one hundred percent. Yes, yeah. but and then like my least favorite arc is probably going to be like the um, Garlic Junior arc. Yeah, it was a couple episodes long. It was not needed. That was complete filler. Yeah, uh, it, it, yeah. It was, but it's going to be one of those things where it's like, meh. I'll, I'll watch it, but only because I want to watch the whole series kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. And I, I have a feeling that's what's going to happen in season two. Like we're, I'm hoping we're going to get a bunch of episode or a bunch of seasons in this. Because as of right now, uh, there's 22 light novels to this. So if they keep pace where every 12 to 24 episodes is about five, we get, what is that? Two more seasons, three more seasons. Yeah, so there's plenty more information to cover. Yeah, we we could potentially get up to three more seasons. There's a lot of information that we could get in this series, and I'm looking forward to it. I think it's it's going to be really good. I do have one quick favorite small scene from an episode that I would like to play real quick. Okay, yeah, let's uh, see. Unfortunately, this is a uh, audio based. All right, yeah, so this is, this is off my phone, so hopefully this works out really well. But this is uh, episode three, and we are at, at about the 1650 marker. So if you guys want to follow along, find your own little clip. But it's a very funny line. Let's listen. But it's so big, and we can't count on it fitting in the hole all the way. If that happens, then we'll just have to decapitate it. <laughs> it's by far our best option. <laughs> okay, that's all I wanted to say. <laughs> I was laughing so goddamn hard when I heard that. <laughs> and of course, they're talking about chopping off the head of the tortoise, but but it's so big, oh, so. But it's so sexual, so good. Oh, we are children at heart. Okay, uh, that's that's the key to not growing old. So you gotta gotta laugh at the little things. Exactly. <laughs> So, uh, if you don't have anything else you want to get into manga mentions? Yep, yeah, well, let's go ahead and do that. All right. All right. As I've kind of been mentioning throughout this episode, there is a lot going on in the manga that didn't either didn't happen or was changed compared to the anime for anybody who wants to read the manga starting from season one it starts out on chapter 43 and goes until chapter 88 slash 89 so okay so that's quite a few chapters most of the chapters are 50 plus pages oh wow so yes oh, you were busy i was it took me it took me about two weeks to get through all this wow okay the biggest thing now for me does not get Raftalia's village until chapter 89. Okay, so it's not as soon as the anime shows? Yeah, so in the anime, they go from the wave at the island to now for me getting Raftalia's village. And in the manga, it goes from the wave to the spirit tortoise to the new world to coming back. And this is when now for me finally asks to, in essence, be a lord of a village specifically Raftalia's village. So because there is a wave that happens when Naofumi is gone, because the wave that happens in uh, Kizuna's world also happens in Naofumi's world. Right, they happen at the same time. And... 
There is a lot of demi-humans that are um, orphaned. So now Fumi's like, I want a village that is in, or I want land. Specifically, I want Raftalia's village, and I want to make it a place in which I can take in these orphans, give them food, shelter, training. And then now for me being now for me, he's like, I'm also going to make them into my merchants and create an army. Okay, so all of that <laughs> happened in the end? All of that happened in the end, yes. Okay, and so in the anime, when the spirit tortoise was coming by, Naofumi made, in the anime at least, I want to say, I want to emphasize that in the anime, that Naofumi said that he's he only wants to protect his land, his yes. territory. That he, so yes. So what did the manga say which led Naofumi to want to attack the tortoise? Uh, basically, it is the queen asking for help, essentially. Oh, and he just straight up gave in? Kind of. So, I mean, he is on good terms with the queen. Yeah. So if she is asking for a favor, he is going to do it for her. Okay. Now, I mean, if it would have been trash, the king, well, what used to be the king, he wouldn't have done it. But because the queen is in good standings with Naofumi, I mean, they're very upfront and honest with each other. They're going to do it because the tortoise is is actually coming towards Melremark. So she's like, we're not going to have a kingdom if you don't do anything. Right. And he's like, yeah, all right, I guess I'm going to let's do this. And some other things are, are happening beforehand. Part of the reason why it feels super rushed, at least in the beginning, is because they skip over essentially an entire arc worth, of, like a training arc, mini arc thing oh really so that granny old woman oh yeah i liked her she was training the individuals on how to use key Mm -hmm. which allows for weak or low level individuals to attack stronger higher level individuals and is that why rishia was able to yes be a different person on the flip of a freaking coin or kind of yes so i mean they, they made mention like oh yeah she's been training much more than we can see but like at the same time like that's not what we've been visually so the the old woman essentially called rishia uh, her predecessor yep where so uh, she had been training rishia in how to use key she She'd really been training everybody how to use key, mm-hmm. but Rishia was like the most adept to it, where she was able to crack this stone statue just by poking it, essentially, mm-hmm. which the the old woman was able to obliterate that same statue with just poking it. Oh, okay. So because Rishia was even able to crack it while she knew that she was essentially worthy of being trained where she could tap into her key and use it. She, the old woman basically made mention that it could take 10 years in a mountain being isolated and you still might not ever be able to use key. Oh, that's a long time. Yeah. Yes. There, so it's, you miss all of this training arc. So a Claire 
the woman who is talking in your favorite scene uh, is a master swordsmith swordsman right and she's the one that gave up training other swordsmen to come help fight the tortoise she had like pinkish red hair yep so the, the other character she was training was raftalia now for me um she was actually training the cardinal heroes who got super butthurt about it because oh really the way i took it as she was training raftalia's town nope she uh-huh, was training fight. all the individuals in Melramark. Mm, okay, so she had a much higher role. Yes. And so she is actually a noble, and she agreed to train in essence because she felt guilty for her father who died in one of the waves mm-hmm. allowed for the enslavement of demi-humans oh okay so she is the noble that is in charge of the land that raftalia is from okay so she is the daughter of what used to be the noble in charge of the land until you know he died and she was doing this in kind of a, a repentance to make up for what her father did right so to give her family name a good yes pat on the back or not to give her family name a good name again yes uh and she fought ren in a duel and actually beat him so ren is the sword hero right and basically he got all butthurt because they fought in a no magic fight and was like well in a real fight i would use magic and i was like well you lost so it doesn't matter if you could use magic or not like straight up it's kind of like i mean in dragon ball super superheroes where vegeta went vegeta won with no power-ups and no key blasts so right vegeta automatically is the better person because he can win on pace level on like straight will and muscle yes same same concept except for a claire was able to beat ren in like two seconds kind of thing oh on a much quicker base yes Uh, so she is she is significantly lower level, but she has mastered swordsmanship as c- compared to Ren, who is basically relying on magic and just having a cardinal hero's weapon, right? Instead of mastering his weapon, and all the cardinal heroes are learning how to use key, how to better their. Sword their skills and then they actually have to put in effort so they run away so they run away yeah they run away and the queen gives them an ultimatum where they have to fight the spirit tortoise and they have to fight in the next wave and she will allow them to leave the country without pursuing them and then they run away so they basically give up on training and she and the queen's like well if you don't want to train i'm not going to just let you leave and so they're like well what what is it going to take for us to be able to leave because they don't want to train and she says fight the tortoise and the next wave and you could leave and then they just leave wow what a bunch of bitches yeah they're they're super bitches and they end up getting caught anyway by keo yeah yeah super bitches and then get caught by a somewhat not super powerful boss <laughs> right because i doubt he even had to use the power of the spirit of the the tortoise to entrap them yeah because he I'm pretty sure at that point, if he would have had to capture all three of the other Cardinal heroes, it would have had to be without the Taurus itself. Yeah, so it's just another check mark in the dislike of the three Cardinal heroes. 
So it was kind of funny what happened to him. For any of our new listeners, I kind of go back to the beginning of the season and work my way through. And to go all the way back to the beginning, uh, you see Arishia's costume get altered by the blacksmith. I don't remember his name. They really don't ever say his name. Uh, I saw it on characters list, but he's that. He's the blacksmith he's in the blacksmith, The bald guy. Yeah, he's the one that we all know. Uh, he also makes her a sword, a custom sword to use. Now for me is actually the one that suggests to Keel and Rishia to get the slave crests. Keel? Yep, Keel and Naofumi, so that they can boost their stats because Naofumi gives essentially a super boost on XP to whoever their slave is. To whoever is, yeah, to whoever is his slave or the monster crest. Okay, so, so to our listeners, Keel, if you have forgotten, it was like uh, Raftalia's friend from yeah. back Child- in the childhood friend yep back when she was like a prisoner so like well they so it was even it was when before the wave so when they were kids on the island or the village and then they were also in the prison slash enslavement together right so kill he wants to be part of the team that fights the waves but what matt is saying is that keel wants to become a slave so that he can boost his level so that he can keep going right but but from what the anime is saying the the anime just drops keel in the very beginning yep yep and just focuses on Rishia. and in the manga you see keel basically he's trying to profess his love to raftalia who wants absolutely nothing to do with it oh interesting that's what i'm i'm implying it as because he wants to protect raftalia from having to fight and do all these other things uh-huh. so that's why he wants to be stronger is so that she doesn't have to do these things and that is why he agrees to be a slave to now for me so that he can boost up his level and essentially protect raftalia okay um does Keel becoming a slave replace Rishia becoming a slave? Or is no, Rishia they both s- do. They, they both, oh, sorry, I missed that. Sorry. They, they both willingly become slaves instead of kind of Rishia bringing, bringing it up like, I want to be a sla- I want to be your slave. And it's like, well, now Fumi does his kind of fuck the world mentality where he's like, well, just become my slaves and you can be strong because they're talking about how weak they are. Mm. And he's like, well, you can be strong, just be my slave. And they both think about it for a little bit and then agree to it instead of kind of being coerced into it like it seems in the manga. You find out one thing about Rishia, she can use every type of magic, which is super important. I wouldn't, I don't want to call it important, but it's different because most people can only use like a couple types of magic, but instead Rishia can use every type of magic. And they even make a comment where it's like, oh, well, most people can only do like one or two. And it's like, oh, well, I can, I can do them all. Okay. So I, it, I guess that kind of makes her more powerful when she went up against Kyo. She she has redeeming qualities and she's not just this randomly strong person. She just doesn't know how to tap into it. Okay. So it's just kind of there. So then that old woman is actually somebody that Nalfumi had saved in that village that was getting poisoned. She's actually one of those people. Like from season one when the yep. dragon was yep, that, decaying? That, yep. Okay. And yeah, then everybody 
everybody was getting poisoned. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's actually, she is one of those people. Okay. I, I remember that she was in season one. I don't remember exactly where. Yeah. It's uh, basically in the middle. Okay. You see Rishia getting a folial costume. Uh, you really don't see that in the manga. She just kind of appears in one, right? In the end? Or no? She's given it. Mm-hmm. I don't remember who gives it to her, but she is given a folial costume. Yeah. She gets it from uh, the blacksmith. Okay. A big thing is the fight prior to the tortoise like there's a lot more that happens between basically the beginning of the season and the fight with the tortoise there's a bunch of stuff that happens uh like one thing is now for me and his team passes by a town that was overrun by the um mutant plant that he saves in the previous season in season one you remember that uh plant that basically took over the entire city uh vague memory yes well now that plant has kind of created a forest but it's not over growing and they're going through this place and this village is actually prosperous because of the plant that now for me mutated to not destroy the town mm-hmm and they're very welcoming of Naofumi. So he gets to go to that village, and then that village actually gets attacked by familiars of the spirit tortoise. Okay. Keel is there with him, with Raftalia, Philo, and Risha at this moment in time. Wow. So while well, he is enslaved by Naofumi. Right. And... As Nalfami and Rishia are going to kind of try and investigate what's going on, the town slash village gets attacked. Keel and Raftalia defend the town. Keel actually gets attacked and injured by one of the familiars and starts getting a tortoise shell on his back. So Ooh, basically, so he's getting infected. He's getting infected by the familiar, okay. which is why he is not involved in the fight with the tortoise. Okay. When Naofumi is protecting this village is the same time that the other cardinal heroes run away. Um, Naofumi asks Fatoria to help um, find the cardinal heroes, and she's like, "No, nah, they can go fuck themselves." I'm not going to do that. I get it. But, I mean, it's kind of strange because she's the one that says, if you don't work together, I'm going to kill you all. Yes, but she's not going to force them to work together. Good point. Then, um, as Naofumi goes and tries to catch up to three heroes, because essentially they're getting leads on where they're at from the shadows. For the individuals that don't remember, the shadows are... The people that work with the queen and in us work, they're ninjas essentially, and give intel slash information on various things. They also work with Melty. They do. Well, she's a part of the queen's lineage. Right, right. So I'll throw her name out there. Yes. And so with the, say. <laughs> with the help of the shadows, now Fumi is getting some intel and he is attempting to catch up to the the three heroes that is when the tortoise starts moving and just obliterating everything in sight 
the uh, three heroes are seen attacking the tortoise and nothing is really known about what's going on. So they kind of go, the three heroes go rogue and then it's kind of a blank about what's going on. When Naofumi finally gets to the spirit tortoise, it's already had its head chopped off. So that whole big fight that happens. Oh, yeah, so my favorite scene doesn't happen? No, it, it doesn't happen. <laughs> how, how, how did it get chopped off? They don't know. It just doesn't have a head. When they get to it, it's it's headless. What? Yes. Okay. That's yeah. pretty crazy. It, it's kind of one of those things where you're just like, what the fuck just happened here? They talk about the seven vassal heroes, which are selected by the seven clans. So I take that as there are seven major clans, which would include Melramark. I am including Melramark as one of the seven. If you don't include them, that means there's probably, what, 11 major cities or major towns in the world that now for me is now residing in. Do you think the queen has a secret weapon that she's the leader? No, I don't, I don't think she has any, any secrets. I, I guess that would kind of contradict the first season because she was like captive or something. Wasn't she? No, she was going around essentially trying to put out fires that the trash king started by bringing in all these heroes okay all the cardinal heroes uh at this point so after you you find the spirit tortoise is when you finally learn about ost so you see her once saying hey you need to kill me and now for me he's like mm, yeah i don't think so and just kind of continues on his way. And this is the second time you meet Ost. And you finally find out who she is. And you see her at the inside. Or, excuse me. You see her in the village in the turtle's back. So, Naofumi and group go onto the spirit tortoise. They're like, well, it's dead. We need to figure out what's going on. So, they go onto the tortoise. And they run into that same village that has the... Um, scripture in japanese mm-hmm. and this is where you finally officially meet ost interesting that's so late yes it's it's significantly later um but i guess it does add to her being like the spiritual portion of the tortoise anyway so yep. like she's got to appear at more significant parts not not just randomly not just randomly not just this familiar yep. i mean in the anime she made her they made her seem like just a normal human going around and you know making people want to have sex with her and all that stuff that's actually very funny that you write that you talk about that because the next note i have is uh, you find out that Ost is the, um, as they put it, the concubine uh-huh. that enticed the king. So she is the one that they make mention of in the first season where he is essentially cheating on the queen. It is actually with Ost. Also, some little bit of crossover there. Yes. Okay. I guess I'd have to go back and rewatch the entire first season to catch that. Yeah, they talk about how he was being unfaithful uh-huh. and and you know, one of the individuals that he was being unfaithful against the queen with was Ost. Okay. And her whole goal was to kind of manipulate the affairs and which was going on within all of the um, kingdoms. 
Right. The fight between Fatoria and the spirit tortoise is a little different. Like she comes flying in on this like tank looking thing. It's super crazy. I've got screen grabs. We'll post it up on our manga mentions. It's super crazy. It essentially is this like super tank looking thing that she's riding around on versus just flying in and going crazy on the tortoise. She still goes crazy on it, but with the help of this tank. Okay. Um, during the fight with the tortoise, now for me uses his hate shield and Ost extracts the magic because it was taking over now for me. And she, as an Ost, gets hurt in the process of doing that versus where she's just like, no, don't do that. Here, take my spiritual power mm-hmm. and it's for the better. And it's more of a like a give and take thing versus just a, no, use this instead. It's better. Okay. Um, the tortoise turns into like this Hydra thing where he's got three heads and he's just thrashing all around. Really? Yes. Oh, that kind of would have been cooler. Yes. Uh, More screen grabs. I've got that as well. Yeah, just Hydra, Turtle, Tortoise, destroying the world with three heads. Interesting. Does it say why? No. Just grows a third. Just grows three heads. Yep. Head chops off, comes back, three heads. And you're just like, what the fuck is going on here? Three-headed turtle. Yep. Uh, So when the group is inside the spirit tortoise... The group consists of Naofumi, Raftalia, Fatoria, not Fatoria, um, Philo, but it also and Rishia, but it also includes Eclair, the old woman, and the queen. The queen? The queen. Everybody basically everybody important is involved in this killing of the tortoise. Wow, that is so different. Yes. Um, What's the point of the queen? She's influential. I don't know. She's just along for the ride, I guess. I don't know. Okay. Uh, Because this giant great battle that happened before to kill the tortoise, it didn't happen. It was the tortoise is dead. They go exploring the tortoise's back. And then as they're on the tortoise is when it hydras itself into this three-headed thing. And that is when so they're already there it's, it's, where are they gonna go okay so it, it's just bad, different it's just kind of bad timing yes in in their sense okay and so you don't need this super great battle because you have fatoria taking off the head or the main head of this tortoise while the group is on the inside trying to kill the heart right um the shadows are the ones that actually show uh, the group where the entrance to the inside of the tortoise is, not Ost. Randomly opening up a thing. (laughs) Basically. Um, It's Raftalia who is the one that notices Lark, not his catchphrase kiddo, that gives it away. Uh, She notices that they're using illusion magic, which you know she can use and that is how she notices them versus you know, that stupid stupid way they're doing it the fight with Keo is slightly different uh Keo overpowers the group using different series of magic and grabs everybody but Rishia. basically he's like oh yeah you're here too 
kind of because she's so weak, he he didn't even bother grabbing her essentially. Right. And then they have the fight versus Rishia getting like the power of friendship and being able to overpower Kyo. Okay, so she didn't get this ultra super saiyan random and, ability. No, and then be and then start talking like a badass, like she knows how to fight all her entire life kind of thing. I mean, yes and no. Uh, her resolve because of Keo being, in a sense, a mirror of herself, but just as an evil person, mm. that is kind of portrayed, but it's not like her just instantly being able to go against this gravity magic. Like, she doesn't get any extra abilities. She's just like... Oh, that's fine. I, I bought all of that. It's just that, like, she's in the anime, she's like, you use such simplistic moves. I'm like, why are you trying to act <laughs> like your IQ is 100 points higher than his? Like, that, yeah, was, no. not, that was not you an episode ago. No, that's, that's not how that works. Basically, just she's like, I'm not going to let you beat me. I'm going to beat you. And then mm. she does end up beating him with Ost's help. Okay. Not not a whole lot of help, but just kind of a little bit of minor help. You see Keo stealing the energy from the spirit towards his core. Uh, at this point is when you find out that the next spirit animal for the world is a phoenix. Oh, so we find okay, so we find out basically early instead of late. Yes. Okay. That's really all they talk about. Like that's the end of it. You you don't know anything else after that. Um fair enough. I mean we don't know anything else either as far as the monk or the anime goes. Yep. And then another big difference is when the four of them go into the new world, as they call it, it is actually only Naofumi and Rishia that are in the world together. So Raftalia is not there. <laughs> what? Yes. So it's only, like I said, it's only Naofumi and Rishia in the Infinite Labyrinth together. I mean, if you were to subtract Philo from that, I can see that. But the anime threw Raftalia in and gave her the sword. That's a huge plot point. So that does happen. But in the Infinite Labyrinth, it is literally only Rishia and Naofumi. Okay. So for this moment, I can buy that. So Raftalia's, the four of them are in the world. Oh. Oh, okay, okay, okay. But it, the two of them, as in Naofumi and Rishia, are together. And the other two, Raftalia and Philo, are separated. Okay, I'm totally fine with that. Yes. Um, because, I mean, let's be completely honest. In the beginning of the second part of the season, like uh, Raftalia doesn't do a whole lot. Not too much. And when it came down to it, when she wasn't included in the teleportation with that first dragon temple thing, why why wasn't she able to teleport with them? She, she basically chose not to, and you're just like, but that doesn't make any sense. Why would she? I don't, she, I don't think she chose not to. I think. Oh, yeah. No, it was Kyo that was like, oh. Or it was either Kyo or Kazuki. Yeah. One of them altered it. That's the only thing I could imagine is somehow they tra made a trap and. Yep. Someone was not allowed. Like, how would you plan that far ahead? So imagine everything from that moment back without Raftalia. Okay. That's essentially how it was. Everything 
minus her was how it happened. Okay, so nothing much changed. No, yeah, nothing really changed. She just was not with them when it happened. So essentially she followed Lark yeah, to the so get, was, from the get-go? So she was in the prison with Lark and crew the whole time. Okay, I'm on board with that. I like that. Yes. One thing that kind of really only makes sense if you understand, like, if you're reading the manga is that he calls um raftalia raftalia chan which can be endearing so it kind of plays on that relationship thing that people are insinuating between naofumi and raftalia elaborate like they have they might have so in the future so um Chan is something you would use as somebody that is younger than you, but also in an endearing tone. So um, in the translations, from what I've read, basically you would use that context as somebody who you admire slash have feelings for. You wouldn't just use it as somebody who is younger than you. Oh, okay. So it's not just like you're a student, but it's like, hey, when you grow older, maybe Maybe there could be something. Well, so he said Raftalia Chin instead of just Raftalia. So it was kind of like that endearing, basically saying her name in an endearing uh, fashion. So a an, an essence of he's showing his feelings towards who Raftalia is. Because we're talking about when he's producing the um, Shikigami mm-hmm. and thinking about Raftalia. So he's kind of producing those feel or he's outwardly expressing the feelings he has inside inside towards her right but that is when he asks Rafi, which is the Shikigami, to find Raftalia. Because every other time he's just said her name, but this time he says Chen. And then the Shikigami is what brought Naofumi to where Philo was, not just hearing, like Naofumi just randomly hearing her. It was actually the Shikigami that led them towards philo okay which makes more sense because the shikigami is attracted to everything that is important to naofumi and raftalia right yeah that that's much better yes um that whole scene with that noble such merchant is kind of fucked up so it's almost like Kind of think of it like the Scarecrow and Batman, where the Scarecrow is essentially pushing all of these super fucked up images into your head as you see them, mm-hmm. basically compounding on it. And that's what Naofumi is doing. So instead of Naofumi just having this, the shield, uh, the ape shield, and then the guy starting to go insane you see now for me essentially bringing on the craziness that's going on within the noble's head his own head yeah right so, i mean that's kind of what i took upon it like he's yeah. just making him scared yep because that shield kind of was it, that, did it, that come from season one or did that just fucking come up out of nowhere no i that, don't remember that, the shield so you that happens in season one it happens when naofumi interacts with that chimera and you see those bats in that cave and it's bringing out like the worst fears within the individual Mm, shit it's been a minute Uh. it was naofumi went to that cave because he was trying to get magical 
he was trying to get some sort of magical item so that Philo could have clothing that would morph into her filolial body and her human body so that she wouldn't destroy her clothes and just be a yep. be well naked running around every time she changed into a human. As a small detail that I'm glad they mentioned. Yes. So that's when he got that shield was from those bats. Okay. You see Naofumi essentially enhancing by talking through the bad things that the merchant slash noble was seeing. And he actually does it to all the people in that building, which there were a bunch of people in that building, not just the noble, which kind of makes it more fucked up if you really think about it, because he's making a shit ton of people go insane. Makes it better. Yes. Visually, it would be cooler to see instead of just one person. Yep. Uh, So then once uh, gets Philo, he teleports himself and group out of the town because, well, they made a bunch of rackets, so they, they want to make themselves more inconspicuous. And so he teleports them where they got teleported by the boat hero, which I'm drawing a blank on his name because it's been a minute since we've said it. Um, Ethnobolt. There it is. Okay, so he still has the skill of teleporting to places he's been to before. Yes, but he makes mention that he can only do it for like three locations. Okay. Better than fucking Goku and Dragon Ball GT. (laughs) Real quick tangent. Yes. So I'm watching GT. Of course, Goku in the end of Dragon Ball Z can transmission anybody, a group of people anywhere. Not instant mission transmission. Right. (laughs) Not the long ass way that I used to say it. But as soon as he gets wished into a kid, you know, he still has all the same skills. He can still instant instant transmission anywhere. But when he tries to do it with Pan and Trunks at the same time, he goes to like random ass locations like a hundred yards away. And like he has no control. Like I get that it's like, well he's a kid, so he's not gonna have but it's like but you gave him all his abilities. He still has all of his abilities. I <laughs> rewatching this, I'm only like fifteen episodes in and I totally understand <laughs> I, I'm, I'm rem- I, of course, I'm not to the point where all the fun action is yet. Yeah. But I totally understand why people don't like this fucking season. <laughs> the, this first half is so goddamn annoying. It's nothing but fluff. It's pure fluff. Yes. Okay, sorry, continue. Well, at least now we know how far you are into <laughs> GT. One, I guess, kind of big thing is when the Katana chooses Raftalia to be the vassal, she is already an, in quotations, an adult. Okay. I mean, they did, in the anime, they made mention that she's got her, like, growing pains. She's she, been growing. She was growing, uh-huh. and then she becomes the vassal hero, and then turns into an adult. And I'm like, why did getting chosen by the Katana make her an adult? Like, what did that have to, anything to do with her level? Uh-huh. It just gave her a massive experience bonus. For what? Acquiring a super <laughs> awesome sword. That would be like in an RPG where you just, you loot drop this super awesome sword and then you gain 20 levels. Like that right. doesn't make any sense. I mean, that's essentially what happened in the manga. <laughs> well, in the but anime, yes. In the anime, it's, it's slowly, uh, yeah. That is what happens in the in the anime where it's like, oh, now me. I'm the, the Katana hero. So I guess I'm going to be level 20 now. Okay, right. here we go. Yep, that's what happened. And in the manga, 
she is already that level. Oh, sorry. Okay, messed up that a little bit. And then what they do that they don't do in the anime is they actually make her wear, like, this bandana headdress thing to cover her ears. So she's not just walking around with this oh, fluffy fox, ears. fox ears. Raccoon ears. Yeah, excuse me. Walking around with her raccoon ears. It just kind of makes her more inconspicuous. Mm-hmm. Oh, I did write his name down. Uh, Kazuki. Mm-hmm. I, I wrote it down once. Once. That's all <laughs> Everyone is there for that fight. So the fight between Rotalia and Kazuki, everyone is there. Because he's he's summoned all of the spirit animals, which are uh, Byakuya's. The tigers, yep. Yep. There's like a town full of them. Oh, not just the two plus the boss? Yes. Okay. And Kazuna obliterates all of them in one swoop because she's got this like super ability where she can double the attack damage on animals. Kizuna? Yeah, Kizuna. So she can't hurt humans, but she can double damage she animals? Can, within certain criteria, she can double damage individuals. Interesting. And she obliterates the entire town of Byakuya's. Well, with like one giant ass Getsuka Tensho or what? <laughs> with essentially one attack. So she kind of fishing lures everyone and just obliterates everyone. What? That sounds super OP. Yeah, it was super crazy. I don't remember exactly what the criteria were, but she was able to kill all of them in one swoop. Interesting. Okay, cool. And then Raftalia just cuts Kazuki in half. So they're they're fighting, and then she just chops them in half. Does nope. he die at that moment, or does oh, he die yeah. like an episode nope. later? No, nope. dead. Okay. No, no extra bullshit. No, nope. <laughs> they're they're fighting. She chops him in half. He's dead. Okay, cool. So after that happens, is when the f- essentially first wave happens. So they there's two waves that happen while Naofumi is in that world. Okay. And so the first wave happens. You see these giant elephants. They destroy it. Uh, Kizuna and everyone, you know, kills all these or defeats the wave. And they have a celebration with Lark and everybody. And that is when Naofumi finds out that Lark is the young noble. Okay. That is also when Naofumi finds out about uh, Kizuna's house, which gives him the idea of having a home base as in Raftalia's village. So that's where he gets the idea from. Okay. Which makes more sense. Yeah, instead of just going toward... Because in the anime, he kind of did it just because of her memories. Yep. Like, on first whim. But here yep. we can see that, like, okay, a little He's, bit more split he, into it. He he gets the idea from uh, Kazuna and then uses Raftalia's village because of Raftalia. Mm-hmm. Because he does have feelings for her. Right? That we can assume. Right. And then the fight with Yamogi happens at... Kazuna's house. So it doesn't just randomly happen in the village. It happens at her house. And she's the one that had that exploding sword? Yep. She's the first one that has the exploding sword. Right. 
And it is actually Philo who notices that there's something off with the sword because she can smell it. She's like, hey, master, now for me, something's going on with the sword. We need to do something with the sword. And that is what brings the attention to the sword. Okay. Makes more sense than just now for me having, again, random powers that he didn't have in the first season. And then the uh, Rishia is the one that gets the tentacles off of Yamogi's arms by using fire talismans that she got from glass. Uh, Basically, they're these talismans that anybody with any magical abilities could use. So you just kind of throw them and then they work kind of like, um, oh man, who's the guy that can use the wind tunnel in Inuyasha? <laughs> Moroku. Moroku. Yes. Yes, exactly. Moroku. Same thing where he's just like, just use this and you'll be fine. Same concept. Uh, and the fight with Yamogi was actually just a distraction to burn down Lark's castle. Okay. And then after that they attempt to teleport to there but because the dragon hourglass is sealed off they cannot do that and they can only transport to basically nearby boss boss fight-esque scenario going on right there um and then all of trash number twos i don't i don't exactly know what they were all those women that were following him those hybrids well they turned into hybrids but the before they were hybrids oh some kind of underlings yeah the women that were endearing to him Mm -hmm. who end up getting transformed into hybrids by keo they also have similar weapons to what Yamogi had. And that is when Naofumi uses the raid shield because, well, as you know, they explode and you can't just let them explode in the middle of the city slash inside a castle. So he tried to use the raid shield to suck up these weapons because one was a bow, one was a spear, and one was a sword. So he essentially remade the cardinal weapons. Is that how it was in the anime? That's, I think so. I just remember a sword. I I can tell you for a fact it was that way in the manga. Okay. And... I just remember Nafumi activating like five shields to, to... protect everybody from the massive blast yes instead he tries to suck it in using the um heat shield okay interesting Uh, because they were going to be so strong that he needed that extra rage to be able to imprison those weapons Mm -hmm. so that is actually the first time you see now for me attempting or even getting frustrated while in that world so all this extra like little pokes that Naofumi is getting in the anime doesn't happen like he's just not angry in the manga like he is in the anime okay that's different uh Glass brings up that she believes that Keo is attempting to transfer um, a soul from one vassal to another. So basically being able to live eternally by transferring souls. Uh, in a sense, uh, making himself immortal. And trash number two was an experiment for that purpose. Basically, he allowed him to get killed and recreated to try and bring him back. 
Keo killed the mirror vassal, but left part of his soul so that he could use him like a puppet. Because if the vassal was completely dead, the mirror would no longer be his weapon. Mm -hmm. And so he was technically still alive in the sense that his soul was still there. And then the last thing that we find out is that the three heroes did not attempt to fight in the wave that we know of. Uh, They really don't make mention of it. They might make mention of it later on within the chapters, but I didn't continue reading because I didn't want to read too far into it just to find out one little detail. They woke up after being rescued from their slumber of Keo's entrapment, and they just escaped. Like, that's all we really know about after they woke up. And yeah, that's really everything okay that was quite a few differences that's for sure yeah it was i'd say more especially in the turtle arc yes uh they basically skipped a lot of the beginning Mm. and changed some well they changed keel's role oh yeah that's crazy and i really hope to see more of him in the next anime at least yeah especially since they're gonna be back it would make a lot more sense to Mm -hmm. have him and they gave Naofumi his like a village for no true reason. Mm-hmm. But now everything kind of lines up. Other than Rishia being kind of more gifted than they made her appear to be in the anime, I wouldn't really say too many major things changed. Because I mean, Keo still died. Trash number two still was a puppet yep raftalius still ended up being in the prison and becoming the katana vassal so like all the major things still lined up together so i'm curious if there was anything in the light novels that changed as well right i don't have enough time to read the light novels (laughs) i'm right there with you like I, I love finding out these differences between the anime and the manga. I can only imagine what the true original source has to say. Yes. And, I mean, it's the same thing with... We just found out that season two of Jobless Reincarnation was announced. Yep, nice. And, like, if you look at the icon there has to be a time skip so does anything happen between so that visual you've seen the visual for jobless season two right is it season two or is it oh it's a oh we saw part two of season one yep we saw part two of season one threw me through a loop um so i feel like i should have what what was it supposed to be again i mean you see rudius and he's definitely oh my god i just i don't know why late slime (laughs) yes no uh jobless jobless reincarnation and you see a picture of rudius and he's probably mid to late teens yeah um i already when when we covered season one yep and we were making like i went to google and pulled screenshots onto our social media pages i already got spoiled i knew that he grew older yes but but that doesn't but that doesn't mean that the ending of season one and the beginning of season two has to have a time skip but if we go off this visual Mm -hmm. as in the beginning of season two there 100 has to be a time skip i'm I'm talking i can't imagine that they're gonna start with the time skip maybe I'll be very surprised. Or if they start with it, they'll go a couple episodes and then like they'll go they'll take a couple episodes and go back in time to make sense of the first couple episodes. Yes, because if, if you follow that. He 
uh, Rudius was going to attempt to find his mother, yep. which, I mean, they might make half of a season into that, and then the rest of the season where you have this time skip, which even still, I know that's... From what I've what I've seen online, again, take it with a grain of salt. You're skipping like two novels. Like, oh really? Yeah. So, granted, are does anything truly happen in those two novels? I I don't know. Right. Like as I was telling uh, my cousin, I feel like Jobless is going to be one of those that eventually I'm going to have to read because I I, <laughs> I want to know what happens. Right. Because it was truly amazing. Like I I really enjoyed Jobless, and as some of our comments made mention that that OVA actually is isn't just filler and something that they made so i'm curious how that ova for season one plays into effect into the rest of the series so we'll see i i hope i have time to do it i definitely don't have time right now but i want to know what happens and i've 100 spoiled myself as far as jobless is gone Mm, that's all right we'll we'll make up for it yes uh but yeah that's everything when it comes to shield hero in the manga again the manga is an adaptation off of the light novel so there could be even crazier changes between the light novel and the manga and the anime unfortunately i i don't have time to read four books worth of light novels no i am not not that good of a reader where i could read oh man yeah even if you were to call them 200 pages a book, like 800 pages, I couldn't do that in two weeks. Not a chance. <laughs> so, granted, I, I read almost 40 chapters in, in the two weeks for this, but there's no way I could have read these 40 chapters, the four books, and read the, or watched the anime. That Oh, man, we're I feel gonna, like that would take me a year. We're going to have to hire <laughs> another person. And, and by hire, it's going to be, please join us for drinks. <laughs> pretty much uh but yeah that's that's really all i got for shield hero i can't wait for season three because i want to know how they continue yeah and make it better and redeem (laughs) most of this season make it worth it yes i would completely agree with that if they make season three like they made the ending of season two or all of season one 100 worth it if they make it like the beginning of season two i feel like there's going to be a lot of disappointed fans oh yeah no more fast forwarding through shit we need need some real drama being pulled out of stuff we need more world building so yeah uh, you got anything else no i'm tapped out at this point well that's another episode of the anime lounge podcast please leave us a like slash five star rating on wherever you're listening to help us grow uh we also post a youtube series called anime lounge short flights make sure to tune into that every week and follow us on hot new anime that is out and we will catch you guys next time Later.